Welcome to the second episode of Create Destroy. I'm Anna Luno. It feels so good to be recording this, having the first one up and out into the world. I want to start off by thanking you for listening, sharing, and coming back for more. Connecting with you deeply and giving you the word has always been the whole point of this exercise. It's been especially inspiring to see how these conversations have been resonating with people regardless of their profession. As I said last week, creative confidence is simply put our ease when it comes to moving towards what we want, how we can get in touch with the gifts and interests that energize us and do the most with them. Creativity isn't so much something we go out looking for. The instinct is already inside us and our job is to get out of our own way and let it out. That's it. That's the assignment. Now, some people listening may fully understand what their personal assignment is right now, but there are two parts to this. There's what you are doing, but equally important is the why you are doing it. Only recently, over 10 years into my career, am I starting to fully unpack my why? And it's something that we touch on a lot in this podcast today. I now know that your why will drive you when your what is not always clear. Your why will sustain you when the going gets rough. It will help you define what will serve your mission and what won't. And if you're the type of person who wants to try a whole lot of different things, your why will be the thread that makes them all make sense. For me, I've realized that my why is around helping people find purpose and being their best. That's what ties together the messages in the music that I make, the performances that I do, my desire to share new music on radio, and an idea like this very podcast. All right, before we get into this week's chat, please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. TT the artist, let me get you caught up. She's simply put one of the clearest creative minds that I've met in the biz. She's resourceful, talented, a deep and thorough thinker. She shares her ideas freely, connects with people, thinks out of the box, tries new things fearlessly and always finds a way to move forward. You will do very well by listening closely to what she has to say today. Now we managed to get through nearly a whole hour of conversation without talking too much about what she's up to. So let me blow her horn one time real quick. Her main projects right now are directing and making music. She just released her first documentary on Netflix called Dark City Beneath the Beat. It centers around club culture in Baltimore. She's also working on HBO's Insecure. She was recently hand-selected by none other than Alicia Keys to shoot a four-part documentary on Alicia herself. And to top it off, as an MC and producer for over 10 years, a song that she wrote, performed and self-released was just sampled on Chloe's huge new single, Have Mercy. That's just scratching the surface on TT the Artist. During our chat today, TT touches on a great technique for digging into your what. So if you're searching for your what, listen on for some excellent clues on how to dig into that. She also fully explains her why. We also dig into being resourceful, how to stay in constant motion, art as a response to what you see lacking in your environment, and using creativity to chip away at society's problems. She talks about backing your skills, deprogramming self-doubt, finding your purpose, the power of visualization, and more. It's a juicy, juicy chat, so do sit back, relax, and enjoy. For the next hour or so on Create Destroy, this is me, Anna Luno, in conversation with the incredible TT the artist.
So yeah, how are you? Tell me, what have you been up to? I have been up to just living my best life. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, as you know, I put out my film, Dark City Beneath the Bee. It premiered on Netflix this year. So it's been great because I feel like getting that story out has just opened up my network, you know, opened up people's awareness of the, the work that I've been doing with my woman focused label, Club Queen Records. I'm getting really serious about directing more. So I'm working on my first short film and I'm a part of this amazing women's incubator um, director's lab called Powder Keg. And then there's another project I'm working on with this huge artist. I can't say who it is yet, but it will oh. be out very, very soon. They're, they're like, super big and super influential and this is like kind of like my first go at something like that so it's going to be a pretty big project I'm excited about that one I mean when it rains it pours and the pressure's on and you're ready for it yeah it feels like um you know a lot of the things that I did over the course of that decade of just developing which I now know there's different phases to, you know, productions. Like when you're in development phase, that's when most of the planning is happening. So who knew, you know, all that, those years of experience were just to kind of build the characteristics that I needed to excel at this level. So, you know, I get it now, but in the midst of it, you kind of like feel like, when is something gonna happen? <laughs> or am I on the right path? And the, the main thing is just following a path. That's what it comes down to. Just not let, not literally taking one step at a time. And then if you do that, if you're always in a constant state of motion, you're going to land somewhere, you're gonna get somewhere. And that might be a checkpoint, that might be your final destination, but you just never know. So it's like, you gotta be in the constant, um, you know, constantly moving. And then at times you're still to really process. So which way to go, which the next move, move is. So I think that that's kind of like been my learning experience throughout this whole just trajectory of like being a career woman and being a musician and, you know, even finding my voice and my narrative in my music 10 years mm. later, you know, like what I've always been talking about, but I actually put a title to it. I actually said it's about women empowerment. It's about showing more representation, you know? You are already ticking all the boxes of what I want to touch on today. Firstly, life is lived forward, but we only really understand it when we look back. Like now you can look back and you can say, oh, all these things were leading up to my skill set now. Mm -hmm. You getting to a point where you boil down the meaning, the women empowerment angle. Mm -hmm. I'm in a similar position where like, this is what it's all about. Like this, this is the core of it. I was just going, but now I kind of understand it. So I want to touch on that as well. And another thing that you talked about is action. The fact that you need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And it's so easy to be so in your head that you're not actually even moving forward. So today, and what I want to talk about with you are all these things, because I think that it's not really explained to us when we start out. How long it's going to take, what it's going to take, how many steps you're going to make where you're not really sure where you're going, but you actually have to keep taking those steps. I want to give people the tools that they need to tap into their creative passion and their creative purpose and take the action every single day to move forward into that. So they're the, some of the topics that I want to talk about. And we jump straight into that from our first question, which I shouldn't be at all surprised because the thing that I love about you is that you are like so in tune with your creative spirit. And it goes back to the very first day I met you 
we started connecting online. I'll tell the story a bit about how we met. (laughs) So we started connecting online because TT is an incredible rapper and, and MC and music creator. And I was playing in Philly in a couple of weeks when we were talking and I was like, why don't you come and like jump up and perform? People would go crazy. We can play these songs of yours and then we can play like some of my songs, whatever. Let's, let's just do this and have fun. Yeah. And so you came to my show and this was the first time that we'd actually met in person and you turned up in the coolest outfit I've ever seen that you'd made yourself or that your girlfriend or friend of yours had made yourself that day for the show. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm going to perform. I got to look good. So right. you made this amazing outfit. You're playing me beats on your iPad that you'd been making <laughs> wow, on the right of the show. All right, and you, right. Yeah. We're, we're driving through Baltimore. So you're telling me about this documentary that you're working on about Baltimore. You played me a video clip that you directed with your own song. We went to the festival. We had a great time. We performed. It was so much fun. And then we're walking around the festival and you're rapping all day, like freestyling to every song. We watched Jamie XX. We watched Rihanna. And you're, these lyrics are just coming out of you. You are so in touch with your creative spirit. So when I was thinking about doing this podcast and I'm thinking like, who can I talk to? You're one of the first people I thought of because I just think that you have cracked it. Like you take action every day you take action. And if one road isn't moving forward, like I know that the journey to getting beneath the beat was hard, you know, getting that across the line was really challenging for you. And you took direction, you took steps in other directions. You kept moving forward no matter what. And that is so so powerful. And I'm so, I want to talk to you. I want you to share how you have gotten to the point in your life where you're able to do that. So first of all, let's wrap it up. Let's, let's go all the way back and get a little creative snapshot for people who might not be familiar with you. Who are you and what do you do? And this is a big question for you because you do a lot. Yeah. People always ask what's my name and, you know, I go by TT, the artist, and I always wanted the artist attached to it just because first and foremost, that's who I am. That's what I identify as. So that's where TT and I always wanted a nickname. I call myself TT and that was kind of like my college nickname. So anybody I met after college, which I went to art school and study arts. So I have a degree in fine arts, a bachelor's, and I had a concentration in video, which really kind of touched on how I got into production work. But it really was music that walked me into the world of directing film. And it was art school that walked me into the world of just like fashion and being a multi-hyphenate. Cause even in college, I was taking like photography and sculpture. And so I come from a very DIY background, which is why I've always had to be in a constant state of movement and ideating because, you know, when you're not given very many resources, it's almost like you're constantly trying to make something out of nothing. Right. So I think that's essentially what gave me my drive. And also just growing up, you know, in the South and wanting a better life for myself, for my family, you know, kind of being one of the first in the family to kind of take things to the next level, you know, break some generational curses and financially be able to like create a legacy for, you know, myself and my family. I say that those are all factors that really drive me and also helping others. I think that living in Baltimore, I was surrounded by so much community. I was teaching in the public school system and nonprofit world. So seeing young kids who are in these underserved communities that don't have access to arts and music and media. And I came in and I established programs for these young people to express themselves 
And I always felt like media was the connection for young people. So that really is like kind of what gives me my motivation every day. It's like, you know, what good is the success when you can't bring it back and help others? You know, and that's why you stay blessed. I feel like if you continue to like pass on these gems to others, then you become wealthy and in heart and spirit and in physical world too. So that's what essentially makes TT the artist. And I'm so glad we get to talk about you essentially, because I think it's whenever I've heard you talk about your art, it's always been in context of the space like Baltimore or as a female producer, whatever. And there's so much more underneath all of that, the, the real essence and the real flame inside of you, which burns. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Mm. Was there ever moving into calling yourself TT the artist before you went to art school? How did your family respond to you saying, I'm an artist? Well, I mean, they knew I was an artist since I was a kid. My father, he um, he used to doodle a lot, but he never like pursued it as a career. He was an, he was an electrician. So he always doodled and it was hereditary. Like me actually physically being able to draw is something that I got from my father, but going into training and art school and, you know, doing art programs that gave me more skill and technique. And then when I got to college, I had to break away from all of that because they basically were like, do what you want to do, you know? So um, when, when I, but when I wanted to go to art school and when I started making music, my, my mother and my father, like my biggest fans, they've always been supportive in yes. that endeavor. Yeah. And I essentially get a lot of my work ethic and creativity from my mom and my dad. You know, they had to grow up in, in different environments and they had to really work. So I was like a latchkey child, my brother and sisters. You know, I was raising my younger brother and sister while my parents were at the work. But um, I saw my mother's creativity and her DIY niche for things. And then I saw my dad's like work ethic. Like he was always on his computer at his desk. And, you know, sometimes I, I can be a little bit of a workaholic but I'm working on that. <laughs> it's all about the <laughs> Definitely all about It is. Because you do creative work, you can only squeeze it so much before you actually need to refill the well of what's inside of you. Um, we're going to talk about how you refill a little later as well. And I also want to point out that I think being an electrician is really creative. You're problem solving all day. So it's actually like that is a creative pursuit. And I, and I think it's important to note that creativity doesn't just mean singing, dancing, Creativity is the way that you approach every decision, problem, issue in your life. And like when you take, I mean, we talk about cre creating as a job, that's one conversation, but creative problem solving is another huge and incredible asset. And no matter what you do as a job, being creative is clutch and very, very important. So, so let's talk about action yeah. in your creative pursuits and when you have when you have to stop thinking about doing something and start doing that thing. So you do lots of different projects and I want to walk through the DNA of when you decide to do something and how you start to approach doing it. Mm -hmm. So is there like a project that you can think about or recall of your own that you can reference on, like kind of walk us through how you approach starting it? Well, for me, it's like whenever I, uh, decide to create there's either something I'm trying to fulfill within myself that I want to do or I feel like there's a need for a bigger conversation that the world needs to experience through this particular format of you know art 
And I know for me, a lot of the things that fueled my motivation to take action was the lack of support and action around me being a woman, me being a woman of color, me navigating the dance music space, me navigating the hip hop music space and me not fitting in a certain status quo or in a certain box that may be, you know, trending or whatever. So I learned very or accepted early. at the time. Like people yeah, have these things. At the time, they'll right. take a girl if it's like this and they'll take yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, an MC if they rap about this. Right. And there's a place for all of that to exist and it's very valid, but it felt like we were being limited. It felt like girls like myself who might be a little bit more different in our approach to music or in our approach to our fashions felt like we usually get the short end of the stick because again, it just goes back to what's the overall vision and what's appealing at the time and space of where we're at in our industry. My direct action was to go out, start a woman-focused record label at a time where it wasn't even that hot of a topic. Now we're seeing a little bit more focus with bigger corporate companies attaching themselves to, you know, more women-focused events, women-focused organizations. Um, But I really felt like we don't have the same support, you know, needed to excel. And I felt that way because I had worked with over 50-something male producers who are probably some of the top Grammy-winning producers. I mean, I never once got invited to open up their tours or, you know, it was just like interesting to me because I always felt like I had a unique approach to my music and I was, you know, my track record was starting to build up and now I feel really confident about my track record now because I call myself the queen of sinks. So it's like, I'm really doing well in like this TV film world and I can perform, you know? So it just felt like, you know, I I always used to wish at that time that somebody would have just been like, TT, come on, let me show you some stuff. You know, I felt like for me taking action towards my art and in my music and filmmaking was just a direct response of addressing what, where things are lacking, where things are not being represented. And so even when I did my film, Dark City Beneath the Beat, I saw very early on, like, wow, there are no dance studios in Baltimore. Wow, these dancers are amazing and they're dancing outside in the streets. Wow, like, why isn't there spaces? Why don't people know about this amazing culture? Why do I always see just like violence when it comes to showing representations of Baltimore on television? And so to address that, I gave my experience, I gave what I was around and what inspired me about the city that actually gave me my sound. I give all the praise to the artists that are coming out of these type of environments. And I say that we can encourage them by planting these seeds of inspiration in the young people that are being mostly impacted by these environments. Because if you can kind of plant that seed within them, if they can see themselves in a different light, then they can then spread that in the communities. And, I, you know, this is something I've been telling people. I feel like that's how we really fight poverty. That's how we change the mind of the people. And that's how we really make a change in the world. You know, it's like we got to start with the young people and deprogram them from what others are kind of projecting onto them because they're pure and they just need a little bit of light to see themselves. Actually, they just need a little bit of light to see themselves. I mean, I feel like your creative flow, it's there. Was there ever a time when that creative flow was stuck or did you always feel like you knew how to start a task? I think in many cases it came down to um, when I was in these in-between phases. I always tried to focus on what's in front of me 
and what I have control over and and not concentrating on the problem. And I think the newest thing that I activated in my life probably a year ago, starting last year, was more of a mindful practice and being mindful of like my thoughts and being mindful of like the intentions that I'm setting and everything that I touch and also moving with intention. So when I am, um, you know, in the space navigating and in these worlds, everything that is a reflection of me comes from somewhere and there's an intention set behind it. There's a, there's a reason to the action. So I feel like when I work that way, I feel most successful. Mm. And when I go against that, that's when, you know, the anxiety kicks in and, and all this, all these ideas that we have about being an artist and pressures, a lot of them we put on ourselves, which I've mm. learned, you know, a lot of these deadlines we create for whom, like from, from whom is our reference? From whom are we trying to get the validation for? You know, if you take a year off, it doesn't mean that you're inactive, but because we're living in this social driven world, it's like you fell off and it's not really the case. Sometimes there's a realignment taking place. There's a realignment taking place and you have to respect the process. And then when you come out of that, now you've shed a few layers that you no longer need it. You know, now you got a new snake skin, you know, now you're a butterfly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think we can tend to put so much pressure on ourselves when in reality, like sometimes you just got to let things go. Yield to being in control of everything and only control what you can because things that are out of your control really are out of your control. So it doesn't make sense to stress over them. But yeah, I hope I answered that question because I just like kind of going, went on a tangent a little bit, but. What you're saying has such weight. When you talk about walking into a meeting and understanding your intention, mm-hmm. if you're focused on your intention, the little things, they don't touch you. I was listening to this podcast of surfing. I was in the podcast app. I'd listen to everything. I was like, oh, I'll listen to this podcast with my friend. She's a surfer, like whatever. And I got this piece of knowledge out of it that I come back to all the time. Mm-hmm. And she had been asked to go to one of those surf farms. So they've made these surf farms where it's artificial waves. And it should have been such an incredible experience because every wave was perfect and she, she could just like ride. She found herself stressing about her ankle strap and like how she jumps up and all these little things that she'd never thought about before. Without that North Star of being focused on the end point, she mm-hmm. found herself getting tripped up by the tiny things. Uh, and I think that what you're saying, if you don't have a North Star, if you don't have a purpose and a real direction, then all the little problems, all the little bumps in the road, they can sway you off course. Sometimes people aren't ready to hear your message. Sometimes their budget blows and they don't get back to you. Sometimes you can start a conversation with someone and they lose their job at a company. You don't even know. They never write back to you. You're like, oh my God, like, was I not on the right path with this? No one gets to hear the word yes all the time. So we all have to deal with little bumps in the road all the time. If you've got a North Star, if you've got an intention to every single thing that you do, that is what's going to hold you when the board gets bumpy. You're going to be more motivated to stay your course because you know where you're headed. Is that kind of what you meant with that? Because that's what I got from it. Yeah. And, and people also under, underestimate the 360 full circle moment. Like you and I are having a full circle moment because the entry point of where we met is is different from where we're at now. Right. Like the same thing that happened with the film you know I went from just writing music for the show Insecure on HBO with Issa Rae to you know shadow directing 
about a year ago um, for season four to actually being represented under her management company as a director. Yeah, I, they, see this this story you need to tell because I, I feel like I watched this on Instagram like from when we first met at that point when you're directing, you're doing all this stuff, but really self-motivated and now I hear you'd only recently gone full-time as a creative too around that time because this was around 2015 yeah. or 16. So this was early days in you being full-time creative. And then I started seeing you post post snippets of Beneath the Beat. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, she's so <laughs> talented. When I was just talking about it. Can you tell us a little bit about that narrative in your journey? So um, around the time that I had just finished filming my first film and I had a rough cut edit of it, that was around the time that I said I had to move to L.A. and for very specific reasons. In Baltimore, there is no press outlets. There's no media. And so I didn't want to, you know, dedicate all this time and effort to bringing exposure to a community that many people don't know about and not have the right eyes on it. So for me, um, I had come came to a point where I spent about 12 years on and off in Baltimore. And I was like, it's time to, you know, go out into the world and bring this project with me because I'm the messenger. So when I got to L.A., you know, I hit the ground running. I had been coming back and forth to L.A. for two years doing shows. And every time I came here, I just would build and build and build and build and made more and more and more connections and made more and more friends who just were doing different things in the industry. And so you laid the groundwork a few times and you felt like you had enough information to take that big risk and that big step. Right. And I had just got a, a, a publishing deal for my music. So kind of helped me fund my transition. So from there, I started reaching out, just whoever I can set up meetings with. I just would set up meetings and I was still writing music for the show Insecure. So I would be submitting like eight to 10 demos every season, just like always being consistent. And then I became really cool with the music supervisor at, for the, I became cool with the music supervisor for the show. And then I met Prentice Penny, who was the showrunner. And I met with him about a, a whole nother film, but he was like, you know, Insecure does a uh, shadow directing program. Is that something you'd be interested in? And I was like, yeah, of course, because he saw my trailer for my film. After that, um, I did two weeks shadow directing season four for Insecure. And then I met Denise Davis, who is a supervising producer for the show. And she actually had done some research on me and called a meeting with me and some of the reps from Issa's company. And they were like, you know, we're getting ready to start a management company and we love your film. Issa loves the trailer and wants to see the screener. That was like the beginnings. And that, and a lot of people don't know that was two years ago. You know, that was it. it I was actually waiting for a year. I had found out Netflix was interested last year, like maybe in April. So a year later, you know, I, it came out. And it seemed like it was unreal until it actually happened. You know, I was like, yeah, I know I got this Netflix thing going, but is it going to really happen? You're holding your breath every step of the way where you're delivering files. And it was just really, really crazy. And, um, you know, I feel like it opened so many more doors now and conversations. And also everybody who's been a part of the film are starting to like just be more inspired to tell their own stories, which was always the goal. It's like I can't tell you the whole story about Baltimore club music, but I can inspire you to tell your story. And that's what I wanted. So I'm just seeing this boom of uh, excitement and enthusiasm around just more narratives that are a real reflection of our culture. Mm. And that's just like how it grew, you know, it's really, really grown into something special. 
the power of your creativity taking you from offering songs to use for licensing on a show to being the shadow director and then to take that into being like actually repped by the director's management is a testament to people seeing how you work and seeing you on the job and seeing how you apply yourself and wanting to support it. And I think that that's how those jobs happen, you know? That's so inspiring to hear. Yeah, it's a real testimony because every step of the way, it wasn't like there was anybody telling me what the next step should be. And now I'm in this constant, I keep saying it's this constant momentum of being in the moment. You know, the momentum is in the moment. And if right now things are coming left and right, I'm riding that momentum. I'm not questioning it. I'm not saying, can anything mess up? I'm not saying any of that. I literally have deprogrammed myself to not think negatively, to not put the cart before the horse, like in a sense of we can stop ourselves from going to the next place that we need to go just by doubt, just by self-doubt. Like I said, I think the biggest thing is really mastering your mind and then, you know, really exploring how do you find your purpose for those who may be hearing this and don't feel like they have found their purpose. I always tell people, if you take a sheet of paper and number like one to 10, and write down 10 things that you enjoy doing, whether it costs money to do them or not, right? I guarantee out of those 10 things, you can find a career path in each of those things that you enjoy doing. You know, you like to eat, you can be a food vlogger or join those food competitions. Or now because of social media, you got people doing food, eating ASMR. Now the goals have shifted for me. The goals is like, how can I get, you know, more support in the bigger worlds, like the corporate worlds to help fund these type of movements that have started very grassroots. And sometimes they just need that extra cushion to scale up or to do these ideas that we have. But I'm also very committed to the process of self-funding and doing your due diligence. So I don't believe in waiting on anybody either. You know, I think the more you're in movement, the more you're going to attract the right energy around it. And that's something that a lot of artists have to learn. You can keep forcing and pushing things, but if you take a step back and just continue to operate in your lane in your space, then the, the world's going to open up and the doors will open up to you. That movement is so essential. And I think we all know people who are always waiting. You know, I know a lot of creative people who are very talented, but who are always waiting on something to come through so that they can do what they do. And what ultimately leads to a successful career is going to be turning up every day and doing something. You can never wait for anyone to give you a green light on a project. You have to start it no matter what resources you have available. And in fact, limitations, sometimes the limitations that you have creatively or the the tools that you have available to you, that's actually going to be what makes your project you and what's going to, you know, what's going to actually give it your flavor and your sound. I mean, your limitations can be defining. And so, Keeping moving forward is literally the number one golden rule. You talked about visualization just before. Talk us through visualization and how that plays a role for you. I think it's super real to create the vision of things that you want in your life. And it's not always just physical things, just overall writing, writing and vision boards are real. I've literally created a vision board and I did it in like September of last year. 
didn't touch it, didn't even remember I did it. And then one day I was just sitting up there in my studio and I saw the vision board and saw like half of it had come true, like in real life form. And it would just trip me out. And then I started writing things also. And those things started coming true. And then it was just, again, the practice of the mindfulness and setting my mornings and setting my days. And I just saw how powerful my words were, which is why I'm so sensitive now to what I say out of my mouth, because I literally found that I was casting these like, like, it was like, it's like spells. Like you, you literally can not have a good day just by saying today's going to be trash. You know, it's going to be, it's gray outside. It's going to be terrible. You're going to have a terrible day. But if you say, oh, it's gray outside today. Hmm. Which one of my favorite sweatshirts am I going to wear? It already resets your whole mood and program for today. Like you already know the forecast says rain. Don't mean you got to get upset about that. That was really a big thing. Like getting a grasp of the mindfulness. All these things just kind of like really molded me to the place that I am now. You know, it's so much easier to connect with people because I'm not chasing anything. You know, I'm not chasing fame, not chasing money, you know, but it's us. It's within you to have to like troubleshoot your traumas and the things that holding you back in your mind, because that's truly where it is, because we start to be fearful of things before they've even come to place. Like it's so easy for us to imagine losing a thousand dollars than making a thousand dollars, you know, or losing a hundred dollars than making a hundred dollars. It's like, we can believe in a heartbeat man, I got to pay this bill. I'm going to lose it. But we can't believe like, oh my God, I'm going to get a financial something out of nowhere. So not to just be focused on money, but that's like one of the most realest ways to help people frame what I'm saying. So I just think that like, it's it's really about pushing past those traumas and those thoughts and those mental barriers to get you to, to where you need to go. And I, I just want to put that out there, you know, to the world that vision visualizing is is the start of that. You know, um, desire is the key to creation. So you must have the desire or whatever you have the desire of is going to lead to your creation. It's actually scientifically proven at this point that visualizing something makes it more likely to happen. Visualizing is really powerful when you really imagine sitting in it. You know, you get really specific and you lay out what your life would look like if you had what you want. You know, if you had and you were living the experience that you want and you think about how it feels, you think about what you would be doing that day, you think about what you would eat for breakfast that day, get very, very specific with your visualizations and write it down, the power of writing it down. Wow. Like I found an old diary of mine. I wrote my intentions out in like 2015 and all of it had happened, like where I live, where my husband would live, what he'd be doing, what I'd be doing. We had kids, we had a house, we had this office that he would be out the back, I'd be in the front. Like I'd mapped it all out and then it came true. Like, so just five minutes, you know, every morning if you have to. And I think it also echoes back to what you were saying about having the destination in mind. Maybe visualization helps us really nut out what that destination is in our own heads. That's exactly the truth on point completely. This is valuable information, TT. I'm sitting in that chair that I never saw myself sitting in, but now that I'm sitting in this chair, I'm like, wow, I'm actually in the room. You know, I'm in the room and I got myself here. Like, and that's why I try to tell people who are, you know, independent and stuff. It's like, 
you know, the world will help you make you, the world will make you believe that you need all these different people to get you to where you got to go. But it starts with yourself. You can have a whole team of people working for you and still be stuck. They also say that opportunities only come when you're ready. You know, mm-hmm. you got to be ready for it. If you weren't ready to sit in that room, you would be shitting yourself. But because you've had this 10 years, you're ready to be there. I think there's something really valuable about taking your time to get somewhere so that when you actually get there, you've got the skill set. Yeah, I've done, I've done 100 interviews and I've done 100 songs. So when it comes to making songs, it's just like a one, two, three, let's knock it out. Let's do it. So that's, you know, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, once you've prepared for it, and that's why when you go through those rough patches, it's, it's not so much about giving up in those moments. It's like, it's about how you react in those moments. You know, it's about mm. how you deal with that because that never stops. You're always going to have mm. high and low points in life. It never stops. Your viewpoint of it can change to you having to jump over the hurdle or simply just walk around it I prefer to just walk around the hurdle because I'm not trying to fall in the process of getting over it. So I'll walk slowly around it. I might fall behind the race a little bit. Nonetheless, I didn't let it slow me down so much. Like I didn't Mm. let it get in my way and totally knock me out. You ever see Mm. somebody try to jump a hurdle and then they knee hits it and they're out of the game. So I'm like, I'll just walk around the hurdle. Like I think I found that spot. So that's the hack really. When you are in these circumstances that feel like there's no way out, that's when you become the most still and you need to talk to yourself and let go of the control, which you do not have and just do what you can. And I guarantee just the simple act of rechanneling and realigning your energy into the right place. I think that's what helps me like every day. Yes, I can think of many situations like that and the way that that's played out in my life. And that's being that's really, really good advice. Have you ever had a mentor? Yeah, I think uh, the community around me was definitely a big part of my mentorship. I would say one of my longtime collaborators, Mighty Mark, he basically Mm. showed me everything when it comes to like how to really like do music and think about the business, not just think about it as an artist. Um, And then one of my former managers named Jamal, you know, he got in a really bad accident. And, you know, unfortunately, like he will never be the same from that accident. And we were in the middle of getting my first like booking agent and signing my first single pub deal. And it was just like all that kind of came to an abrupt halt. And I saw how much work he had did. And I was like, none of this can be in vain. You know, I have to make sure that I carry out what he started. And so I was going through emails, finding all the communications that we have been having with these different people, publishers, booking agents. Looking Looking for for clues. And I let them know, hey, I'm currently not managed currently, but um, let me know what you need from me so we can continue to grow this relationship. I'm not a follower. I'll, I'll check and talk to whoever I need to talk to to make sure that's the, that's the word, you know, because people will tell you everything and you have to do your, you do have to do your due diligence as a, as a creator. You have to, if you want it bad enough, you got to go out and ask and ask questions and research and, and do what you need to do because no one is here to hand it to you. You have to know all of these things when you're getting into this world like this. So 
I'm so glad that we're getting to have this conversation. Every time you speak, you come back to such a powerful point. If someone tells you that you can't do something and you know in your heart, your heart is telling you to do something, that person is just blocking your way. You've just got to take a step around them. Like you said, with that hurdle, I mean, like we grow up and we're told to do what our teacher says and, you know, we're formatted to sort of accept the rules and there are no rules with this. And there are a million different ways to cut this onion. There's a million different creative careers, a million different sources of income. And maybe your path is going to be a little different to that person who's blocking you. Maybe they can't understand your path. They're not able to direct you there. That has played out to my, in my life many, many times. And if you're in a lesser headspace, you could take it like you were no good. Yeah. So it takes a lot of inner strength and a lot of confidence to turn up every day and keep trying. Mm -hmm. That's a word right there for sure. Some days you feel like you want to give up. I'm just tired. You're like, I'm so tired. And what's the point? Yes. Oh my gosh. So Titi, what do you do? What do you do when you'll get a few different no's in a row and it'll feel like a tidal wave? Talk me through those moments and how you cope when you get a whole row of no's. When I, when I moved to LA and I was just kind of getting my foot wet into the whole Hollywood and directing. I had these pitch meetings that I never did a pitch meeting before. So I would have a lot of pitch meetings with different networks and I didn't know what they were looking for. I didn't even know what these meetings were about because it would just be like general meetings. They would let, a, let me know what types of things and projects they're interested in. And then I may have something that fit or may not, but there were jobs that I would be up for that I would spend hours and hours and hours working on pitches for. And then they'd be like, you know, hey, they just went in a different direction. So it was a lot of rejection, a lot of rejection. It got to a point where I felt like I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm frustrated. I'm spending so much time doing something and I don't even feel like people are seeing me or hearing me. I feel overlooked. I feel like I'm still the underdog. I feel like, when is this going to end? And then at mm -hmm. times you're just like, I'm over. And you literally say, I hate it. I hate people. Like, I hate people. I hate everybody. Like You, you say these things to yourself, you throw a little pity party. And then <laughs> <laughs> after you've cried it out, because I think it was definitely some cries and I'm just so exhausted. But it's when you at that moment is when the breakthrough happened. And I also think having a, a strong system of friends or family mm. or even perfect strangers or people that you can talk to that encourage you during those times is really the most important. You know, like they'll just put things into perspective for me and be like, so why aren't you going to bed? Because I'm sure no one's mm. checking their emails at midnight and one o'clock right now. Business is over. Balance. You got to balance. And so I've been reading a lot of books and I like to like listen to meditation music, even if I'm cleaning up my house, anything that kind of resets my energy to a more higher vibration in, in those moments. Because sometimes mm. you really need that. Sometimes you really need to tune out and reset yourself. And that's nobody's responsibility but you. But what happens is people don't understand those outlets of realignment. So they'll end up projecting and, and you know, being hurtful to their significant others or to their friends. If you actually process it, anytime you're having a bad day, um, it's about a feeling. It's like you feel something, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody else around you seems to be smiling. 
Don't mean they don't care about your problems. Don't mean they don't care about you. They just might not meet you there because their vibrations up here and you're down here. So that's why I say it's a personal thing. You got to realign yourself and put yourself back on that place. And I know that's a hard for some people who are dealing with other things like mental health, that's way more different. You know, you have to be sensitive to those things, but having somebody to talk to, like I took therapy for the first time in my life, like during COVID, you know what I'm saying? Because it was so many things that have been through throughout my life from the, from the womb. For me, that was helpful because it lo- it lessened my load and at least told me why I think the way I think in some situations or why I behave the way I behave in other situations. And then it made me accountable for no longer, you know, reacting to certain things if it does not serve, you know, me in a good way. So, well, it stops you from reacting and keeps you in action, which what we talked about at the very beginning of this is taking action. I always talk about with my husband, I talk about staying functional. Like when I have an anxiety, you know what? Anxiety is going to be there. It's when it stops me from being functional. That's when I have to take action. So I think of my brain like a network of tubes and they all lead into each other. Like there's anger blocking here and there's anxiety blocking here and there's insecurity blocking here. And all the work that we do to clear those tunnels and clear those pathways and taking therapy to work out why do I get caught up on this? Okay, let's clear this tunnel. Keeping those tunnels clear is a huge investment for your creativity and just generally being able to take those steps when things get hard. That's so true. How do you fill up your creative cup? Like when you're (laughs) feeling tired, like what do you do for fun, TT? Like, do you go walking? Do you go hiking? Do you dance? What do you do? Man, my creative cup is never filled, man. It feels like a uh, unfillable cup. I don't know. It's it's changed for me because I'm older now. Like I'll be 37 this year. That's a real thing, right? So um, I still feel young at heart, but it's like the desire of just wanting to go out all night and get lit. Like, well, that re- like, that stops you from being functional. That's going to yeah, take away from your like, action. You know that now. You're like, well, I can't. For work. Like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do for work. But even when I have shows, I can't wait to get back to the hotel and just chill out. Because a lot of times, even just you coming into these cities and, you know, it's quick. Sound check, you're on stage, show's over. And back to the West Coast or like East Coast and you're flying here and flying there. And that could be very taxing on you energy-wise. I love to be on the rooftop. And I have like this fireplace on my rooftop. So I invite friends over and it's a nice view and we can like drink some wine and just chill out, watch the sun go down. Those are the moments that I really, really like find myself not even thinking about work when I'm just up there on the rooftop chilling with my homies. Oh, and I love the beach. I love going to the beach. And it's crazy because I grew up in Florida, so I was always around beaches, but something about them LA beaches is fun. You know what I'm saying? For a lot of reasons, like you bring certain things and vibe all the way out. <laughs> I love just like the scenery and the, you know. The nature. I appreciate stuff like that. I feel now that I'm older, I appreciate nature more. A big reason that I wanted to do this podcast is because I think the power of creative thinking is it. We need every loud voice. We need every passionate, open-hearted person doing what they do, giving the best of themselves to this world to make it better. What are you most passionate about helping change during your time on this planet? 
I'm really big on how we treat each other, the human condition and having an understanding of where different people come from. I just want to create more opportunities for myself and for others so that we can actually live in our best light and do the things that we were put on this earth to do. I believe everybody is born with a free gift that is a natural instinct in you and your purpose is finding what that is and you can't do everything, but you can do whatever it is that you desire to do without harming people, being respectful, no judgments, utilizing these platforms to spread more awareness and bring more opportunities for people like myself who may not have had those resources. You know, I see myself as being a people connector. And sometimes I feel like I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with not being the biggest celebrity in the room. I don't think that's where my motivation stems from. Sometimes I tire myself out just helping everybody. You know, I'm here to serve my community. And I feel like that's why I will continue to be blessed because I'm always just trying to pour back into the people that poured into me. And then even people who can't pour into me, I'm, I'm, I'm pouring into. But, you know, I think what's different about me now than before is I've set up more healthy boundaries for myself and not to overextend myself when, when it's not necessary. So that's a constant thing I have to work on because <laughs> I'm a big giver, you know. But, yeah, I definitely think now after just going through different processes, making a film, doing all this stuff. I think now it's like, I would like for people to just know me as a good person and know that I have great intentions for my people also represent for the ladies, you know what I'm saying? And, and break through doors and be the voice in the room, you know, that challenges in this industry. There's not enough of that. And we've become so programmed to the system that has been here for so long Yes, it feels different. Yes, it may make you scared because you haven't tried it this way, but who's to say this is not a valuable way to approach something than the way that it's been done for 20 plus years. I just want to like live my time here, have fun, be happy, and, you know, leave an impression of goodness on people. You're incredible, Titi. I'm so grateful for everything that you've shared with us today. And Honestly, I just can't wait to see what you do next. That's all I have to say. I mean, oh, the next thing is crazy. Oh my god, I really wish you could tell me, but we'll just have to, if you I mean, everybody has to go follow TT on her socials. Give us a plug, TT, yeah. where can people find you? So you can find me on social media platforms. Instagram is at TT the artist, same Twitter. My website is ttdartist.com and I like TT the Artist on Facebook. And if you haven't already, go to Netflix and watch Dark City Beneath the Beat. The colors, the editing, the like, oh my gosh, you had my heart racing from the opening jump. It is so, so incredible. I think I emailed everyone. I knew everywhere. I'm like, guys, you got to know, you got to see this. It's so good. I just absolutely am such a fan of everything that you create and... You're the best. You know, I can't wait I for our paths to cross Anna, next. No, yes. And that's another thing. I didn't touch on this, but I am back in I am back in the studio and I'm working on my my next solo album and my next compilation album off my record label, Club Queen Records, which is a woman-focused record label with a special focus on women of color. But you know, we're 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 navigating in R and B, hip hop, dance music, and pop music. And 
the goal is to really increase the representation of the image of what we see of women in music in these music spaces. And we haven't even talked about these club queen records that you're casually dropping these <laughs> incredible works. I mean, these songs yeah. are so, so good. Make sure that you dig into her back catalog and hear some of the gifts that she's given us. She's worked from everyone. I mean, let's name drop some of the artists that you've worked with. I mean, I think my first biggest placement was uh, I did a collaboration with Diplo called Data Freak. And then J-Lo came and sampled it for her record, Booty, featuring Iggy Zellia. And then talk about full circle moments. I just, uh, one of my songs just got sampled by Iggy Azalea on her new album, The End of an Era. Um, it's a song she has called Woke Up and that samples my original record, Diamonds. And then I actually have a record also coming out that was sampled by Chloe, um, Chloe Bailey, I believe. Yeah, Chloe Bailey. And uh, it's called Have Mercy, produced by Murder Beats. Booty so big, work, Lord. They sampled a record, actually one of the first records I put out on Club Queen Records it was called Girls Off the Chain. We shot a video for it. This was like 2018. And fast forward. Great video. Thank you. Fast forward. And now it's about to be dropped by one of the biggest artists like that's coming right now. And I'm just like, that's what this has always been about. It wasn't that our music was not good enough. It's just that getting the right eyes on it. I think putting a film out really helped that, you know, it amplified that. And I was thinking like, I never had a PR, never had a publicist. And I was just think I was like, when I put this film out, I need all those things. Not realizing I had pulled the biggest PR stunt ever because I put myself in my own movie and showed myself creating my own record label for women. You know, I showed myself performing. I showed my music. I told my story. And you're doing yourself a disservice when you don't tell your story because you never know who's out there listening that will want to support you in your movement. And that's like a really big thing that I can give advice to for independent artists. Like, don't be afraid to share bits and pieces of you, you know, because there's so many people that will support that. You know, I just have different goals. I'm still like, I still got that energy in me where I want to do it enough because it never was just about the hype for me. Right now, I feel like I want to live in my lane because I see how much of the dance music stuff is really bubbling up. And I saw this, I, I saw it ahead of time. And so I feel like I'm right where I need to be and I'm going to give the people what they want. And you're going to get them club clean anthems. Hey, I know we are. I feel like all the things that you've been building are just coming together. I am so excited to see how it all plays out and just the biggest fan ever. Thank you so much, Titi, for sharing everything you do and go get them. 
Wow, what an absolutely epic conversation full of gold. Thank you, Titi, the artist. You simply must check out Dark City. It's so incredible. Do follow Titi, the artist, across socials to see her art talks, her documentary for Alicia Keys and more. If you enjoyed our chat today and learned something new, as an independent and self-funded project, I would so appreciate if you would take a moment to please rate and review on your podcast app of choice and share on your social media or with a friend. And tag me, at Anna Luno, and my guest, of course, at TT The Artist. The Create Destroy intro song is by me. You also heard a couple of TT The Artist songs in there. Off the chain, dig, and you don't really bang with me, all of which you can find online. Thanks to Sammy Wilson for helping me edit this podcast. I'm so excited to bring you on my next conversation with one of my favorite producers and friends. Totally Enormous Extinct Dinosaurs will be on the next show, giving us a whole heap of gold. Cannot wait to bring you that one. My touring career started with this project from playing to one person or two people. You know, I'd done the worst shows you can do and had terrible experiences. So by a couple of years in, I was like, whatever happens is cool, you know. So set the alarm. Two Thursdays from now, we'll be back with another great episode of Create Destroy. In this life, we do have a choice to create or succumb to the powers that destroy. Until we meet again, don't forget to stay on the side of creation. Thank you.